November 22, 2021. It's Watt from Peter's show. <laughs>
Off for Pedro Show. Started off with Black Pearls from John Coltrane. Then Paranoid Time. Botch Mutilation. Paranoid Time reminds me of the name of the first Minuteman album. Yeah, it's a familiar. Wow, you can tell people. And not Man Alone Mode because of those software engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention. I got Patrick Yankee with me. Welcome aboard, Patrick. Hi. Thanks for having me, Mike. I'm Absolutely. super excited to be here. And we got to give the big, big, big thanks to Blake Edwards for the connect, correct? Thank you, Blake. Yeah, bitch. Where are you talking to me from, Patrick? I'm in Matawan, Michigan right now. Okay. Um, it's where I live with my family, with my uh, two kids, my wife. Sure. Now, if I was there with you in person, you'd show me your uh, starboard hand and Right, all Michiganders do that to let you know where they live, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're looking at it, uh, yeah, it's like the lower. I don't know what would you say, lower left. I'd lower say, left. I'd say underneath the ring finger or the pinky finger towards the wrist. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, we're just outside of Matawan is uh, just outside of Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo is about halfway between right. Detroit. When you're yep. going across state, there, that's right in the middle place. Uh, I played the school there and stuff, State Theater in the. There was a, there's a college right central. Yep, Western. Yep. Western, that's did you play? Uh, did uh, was it Firehose? It might have been that. Might have been that. Yep. Uh, I know there's a border change before you get to Grand Rapids. Brother Steve lived in another time zone than you. Yes, it changes time zone right, right there. Right, yep. right. Now, uh, yeah. Let's talk about your journey through music. Okay. Cool. Earliest memory recollection that you still contain. Think. Remember, so if it's a yeah. from Pedro show. There's no hard questions. There's no wrong answers. No, I mean, I'm just like, I was thinking about this because I know kind of the format, right? So I was like thinking of uh, my earliest recollection of music has to do with uh, is when my uh, folks were still together. So I must have been a little, ki a little kid. Uh, I was a real little kid. Um, but they went to this party uh, with like other, you know, adults. And there's some kids and they was staying, it was going to be late. Right. So me and my brother, they're like, okay, you guys got to go sleep in this other room. And we slept, they put us where we had to sleep was right next to like where they had the stereo. And I remember like falling asleep, like right next to this giant stereo speaker. And I remember like this guy, like it just as I was like falling, falling out, uh, this guy, like just laughing, like that, that kid's going to fall asleep right next to the speaker Cause it was like blasting. Um, and I, I was able to just like fall asleep to this, like loud, whatever they're playing Boston or whatever it was. Um, and I wonder like, like I, I think back on that. And I wonder if that was like, did that influence, uh, you know, because everything, my taste in music tends to just lean towards louder and more extreme. So, I, you know, I wonder if that was just like part of that coming out just like at, at an early stage. Like I can fall asleep next to a, a stereo speaker that's turned up loud enough for the party. Type thing. Something we did when we just getting driver's license, drove to the airport, LAX here, Volkswagen bug. And, you know, different kind of security. So we weren't really on the at the airport on the field with the runway and all that shit, but we're right outside the fence and we'd lay there on our, sometimes we'd be tripping balls, right? Right. And, and the, the airplane's taking off right over. You could feel the heat and the sound. Yeah. <laughs> scream your fucking brains out. Couldn't hear anything. It'd be a total mind blow. It'd fill up your whole vision, your whole sensory. Oh, man. Uh, so maybe so cool. it's something s similar to that. I, the other thing you lit off some stuff in Watt's head was Boston, because I remember in that record, it's like a guitar with a city spaceship or some shit. Yeah, that thing, yes, okay, yes. But the same, yep. I remember when that came out here at the record store, Pedro Redwood Records, television, Marquee Moon. Yes. And I was just graduating high school, 76. It, yeah, it's trippy. So 
Thank you for bringing a memory to me, too, Patrick. So this pad you grew up in, was there a musical mm-hmm. instrument? Um, growing up, so nobody was like a, nobody was re- like a serious musician, but there were things like uh, my mom had, uh, she had an auto harp. So, uh, so she would just sit there and just wail away on on that auto harp sometimes when when uh, when the when the mood struck. So uh, I don't know, maybe that's where some like I don't know, when I'm talking about these memories of being like a kid and this stuff coming, it makes me think of like like so how did that then you know make me turn out like for what I like? So I'm thinking maybe that's where the punk rock bit came through because it was it's just like simple like one like chord like she's pushing a button and sure. just wailing like super hard and making these chords and making these little songs. So she'd do that. Um, Maybe more passion technique. Yeah, yeah, all pa- yes, all passion and and, and li- very little technique. So uh, she played that. Uh, my stepdad was in a he was in a band when he was in a high school called the Moon Glows. Um, but I don't remember him ever pl- like he must have just stopped because like by the time we knew him, uh, I never really saw him play guitar or anything like that. But I remember seeing pictures of him in a band, the rock band, and then. Um, well, let me ask you about school. Were you in the marching band or the choir no. or shit like that? Nope. Okay. Nope. I, I can't. I, I couldn't do any of that. Okay. Played record for a little you bit. Even when tried, the, oh, did the school have a program? You know, some schools don't even have a fucking program. Yeah, they did. Okay. They did. I don't know what, like, I don't know what prevented My brother uh, got into the band. He got into, he played trombone, but. Um, All right. That's some bass but, clef. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, yeah. So, I don't know what made me just miss. I just missed that. I didn't well, do. I didn't. Well, me, I didn't what about as a listener? What was the first record? Record you bought with your own money. First record I bought with my own money was uh, the Devo Whippet 45. And first gig you saw? First gig I saw would be uh, David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth with Poison opening up for them. So the first live band, like the first live band I ever saw was Poison. And, uh, I think, <laughs> and that was an amazing show because like... Uh, I think David Lee Roth might have had Billy Sheehan on bass for that. He did. That was when he had the two... Then uh, uh, who was the other... Who was the... Steve um, I. Steve I. Steve Vai was on guitar and then uh, he, that was the one where he was riding like he got on the surfboard and like flew up into the rafters and flew all the way around I mean I, this is how I remember it anyways uh, he flew like got up and flew over the crowd into like a boxing ring and then he boxed some, it was just like this over the top <laughs> spectacle and just like <laughs> set the bar like kind of high for like well shit this is this is what a concert is like awesome <laughs> you know first one I saw was it was with Debo and it was T-Rex. Oh, T-Rex. Nice. Yeah, I didn't have any surf. Everybody in Pasadena surfs. What, what, what's wrong with me? <laughs> but not at the show. <laughs> no, if you, if you know SoCal, Pasadena is about 30 miles from the water. It's in the foothills. Okay. And that's but everyone surfs, sir? <laughs> yeah, nobody <laughs> That's a joke. I guess it's an inside joke. Uh, so then, you know, the shit, like not after graduate but in the afternoon the the basement band the garage band the a bedroom band you didn't do that stuff then no we didn't i didn't do that but i would I, I would go over to my my neighbor's house and um those guys were a little bit older and uh they, so that's where i uh first ran into like black sabbath you know like uh i remember the born again album coming out and then those guys James being super, yeah exactly and those guys being super into that um he had a he had that Ted Nugent album too, where the guy had where where uh, his arms were growing into the guitar. Uh, you know which one I'm talking about? It was like a gate, gatefold yeah, thing. I remember the title, but I remember seeing that. Yeah, so that like hard rock, you know, like this hard rock, heavy metal sort of thing, and um, that's what I can really remember, like starting to like shit. This is 
this is cool. You know, like uh, I had the Devo record and that was awesome. And I, you know, I still to this day love, love Devo. Uh, Did I, you want to do I, any of that stuff? Like the bass or the drum or guitar? Yeah. Yeah, probably I did. But I mean, I, you know, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody that was doing that. I didn't. Oh, so like, those dudes, they were just listeners. Yeah. They're just listeners. Okay. Yeah. Just, okay. You know, we're just, Cause sometimes, just, especially with older brothers, something that people like Pete, you know, get to watch the band and stuff. And yeah, I found a lot of the guests I've had on the show lately with experimental music seem to be the younger sibling. Interesting. I no, know, I know. I, 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 I just started noticing it. Everybody's talking That's about the oldest, older brother, older sister record collections having a big influence or some musical kind of connect. And I yeah, yeah. Well, I was off on. Uh, yeah, I was the older one, and then I was kind of just off on my own, like figuring the shit out and exploring. Yeah, us three Minutemen were all the oldest one, too. So I know everybody's yeah. like that. Uh, you gave me this, uh, some more paranoid time, Station of Mutilation. Let's listen. Let's do it.
for Pedro Show. That Chuck music start off Paranoid Time, Station of Mutilation. Then Few from her brand new record, New Decade, Doing Nothing. That's a title. Neil Turpin, drummer man out of Leeds, England, but his solo record where he plays everything. Neil, great great band, uh, Bilge Pulp, he plays drums for. The Door in the Day. Then brand new from Helvetia, The Strange Pull. Trippy way. It sounds like almost oh, a different band on each side of oh, that velvet Lady Godiva's operation or something. Uh, Bob Bucko Jr. and Sam Lock Ward, their new album they did together, Mapping the Way. And then Trubakova Kushnepeshi with Alida, uh, or our leader, I guess, in Slovene. Sounds a little phonetic, or looks a little phonetic. Then Lagoon Monster Rubber Mask Volume 4, Part A2, brand new from Bronze Age UFO out of Baltimore. Finally, Paranoid Time, there's a body at the end of my driveway. That's a true story, by the way. Yeah, explain. Uh, I used to live at this house. Um, it was a unique. It was unique because it was in town, right? But uh, on three sides of it was a um, was a park. Like uh, it was woods, so it was like um, I don't know if it was protected, if it was like a city park or what it was. Um, but it was also at the top of this uh, hill, so we're really close to like the the main city but um super accessible suddenly you're just like at this place that's uh very private uh so one one day we were coming home driving home from uh we're at the store or whatever it was and there's uh there's fire trucks and there's cop cars all up and down like in the front of my driveway up the street to get that i was like well what the fuck happened is my house on fire like what the and uh, we get up there and, yeah, somebody had dumped a body, uh, you know, it was like 20 feet from the end of my, there was like some some poor person's uh, corpse at the end of my driveway. Uh, so. <laughs> um, had to write a song about it. <laughs> better write a song about it. The thing was, too, the thing that was weird about it is that uh, I know that that night prior, like whenever this must have happened, we had this uh, bay window and I could look out into the forest. And I used to set up my shit and my gear and like just do some recording and like just look out into the night, you know, the night forest and whatnot. I was doing that the night before. I just like, it's, it's weird. It was weird. It was, uh, it was super strange. And then, uh, yeah, better write a song about it because <laughs> there you go. How many times is that going to happen? Hopefully once. I'm going to say hopefully once. Let me ask you about the tape recorder. As a teenager, did you use it like an instrument? Well, not as a teenager necessarily. Through my own, you know, doing the paranoid time stuff, I certainly yeah, did. Yeah, I know. You can tell that. I'm on, what led up to that? We kind of, well, yeah, uh, as a, you know, as a teenager, we would do things like uh, me and my uh, stepsister, we would um, do like fake uh, radio, you know, fake radio show, right? So we'd record a song off the radio, but then we'd record ourselves being the DJs, right? And then pause it and then record the song off the radio and then pause and then do the DJ part in between. So I guess we're kind of using it as an instrument or at least a tool to like do our own little game with the, with the thing. So I think that's, uh, you know, I think that qualifies. So that's kind of like your first composing and stuff. I would say so. Yeah. Sort of like, uh, yeah. Piece it, piece it together. Yeah. I guess we're composing stuff. It was like a, supposed to be like a, like a little radio play kind of in a way. Like we'd interview, like we, we do voices and interview, you know, people and stuff like that. And so it seems like you repurposed stuff for your music, right? 
like what grinders <laughs> chainsaw <laughs> <laughs> uh so somewhat like uh so that you know a lot of different stuff i use for source sounds yeah. well for a lot of the stuff i use um scrap metal you know like a lot of scrap metal like uh for a long while i was playing a machete so i had a contact mic uh you know all taped up the machete and then plug those into distortion and then just smash away at different pieces of scrap metal or uh Take chains and 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 you know smash at smash what, those things. What, what gave you the notion? Who's the sensei, the the mentor? <laughs> it, I, you know, I guess it's probably uh, it's not necessarily uh, monkey see, monkey do. It's just like what you know, people like. I'd always try to take it one step higher than what you see other guys doing, right? Like, so I knew, um, you know, uh, uh, neural neural, for instance. Uh, has uh, these metal sculptures that he utilizes and uh, you know, uh, uses that almost exclusively for his sound source. Like, fuck, I want to do something like that. It's like, but I can't do the exact same thing. So I had this machete that uh, I got when we were down in Mexico. Uh, it, it had this inscription on the blade that said OJ Simpson Special Edition. Jeez. And I was like, this is, this is going to be – I was waiting for like this – thing had a purpose in my life at some point so uh, uh it turned out to be uh use it for recordings and i toured with it and uh played a bunch of shows with it and whatnot it kind of uh ha- i had a lot of fun with it uh doing the noise and, and shit like that but yeah it's just me trying to like one up what i was seeing other people doing okay well, you said your first gig was david lee roth and some kind of corporate rock kind of thing so it, it seems mm-hmm. like a there must have been another gig that kind of steered you this way and so oh, fuck yeah because you didn't end up dressing up like that guy and fake riding surfboards and... <laughs> no but you man did but get uh, into this scene so what who was the, the fucking connect dude yeah it was uh i could uh, there's a specific there's a very specific show for that um in the summer between me graduating and then uh going to western michigan uh university uh in kalamazoo uh I met a friend uh, at orientation and he and his big brother lived, you know, went to Western and had a band here and everything. So uh, he was plugged into the scene. And he's like, dude, you got to come down. So we, we had orientation and I went back home and then we we're going to go back to school in a couple weeks. But in between then, there was a gig. It was uh, the band called The Cows. Oh, and yeah, a great band. And The God Bully. And, and uh, played bass with a slide. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, these guys... Uh, Cows and Godbullies, and it was a record release show for, for both of the bands, right? They, they both were coming out with records on AMREP. And uh, I didn't, you know, I told you, I went to, like, David Lee Roth. I went to the, another show that I saw prior to that was ACDC, which was phenomenal, amazing. But, like, I had no idea that this kind of weird Underground. Shit. You didn't know about that underground. underground. Yeah, and, it, and you know, s- scary, but funny and yeah, uh of course fun, and and just rock and just rocking in a way that was just so sick and beyond what i kind of comprehended I, my brain was rewired that night and i think it's to this day those those the front like shannon selberg for the cows yeah shannon mike hard of the god bullies those those guys still influence the way i approach making any kind of music and after it, right the heroin chics i think Heroin Sheiks, yeah, right, Heroin right. Sheiks. Uh, I don't know band. if they're doing stuff, but yeah, great bands, great bands. <laughs> Kevin lives in SoCal. I, I, in fact, I was playing a pad. He was the doorman. He was the most <laughs> happy. But uh, yeah, what did Jake Rodriguez? I mean, he's Bay Area guy, but he said uh, he called it the costume noise scene. 
Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, every little breed nary around. What was the school, the club, uh, Club Soda? Club Soda. Wow, nice, yeah. My memory, you yep. know, I'm always That's exactly it. Okay, okay. Did you guys play there? Yeah, you played I played there? there. I played there. And State Theater, I think, uh, shared the stage with the Melvins. When they State had Theater. A, oh, yeah, they had a woman bass player, so it's that area, era of that yep. thing. I think I was probably at that show. Okay, okay. And uh, sh shit, so uh, it was that gig. And those guys, I mean, cows were kind of bass, guitar, drum. I mean, it was wild the way they did it, it but wild. they weren't using the machetes and electronics so much. No, no, it was just, uh, yeah, it was wild rock. It was just wild rock. Yeah, you but know? You know, the aesthetic, right? And the attitude and the feeling. And the, the attitude, vibe. yeah. The, the Like, he, he came out, uh, I remember uh, Shannon had like two, he had like, I in my mind, he had two broken arms. He probably just oh, had one. Oh, yeah, and I know the story behind that. <laughs> right? Oh. Yeah, I'll tell you a little bit. We're at the end of the first hour, November 22, 2021. This Wapito is your special guest, Patrick Yankee. Hold tight for hour two. That's November 22, up. 2021. It's the second hour of the Watt from People <laughs> Show.
second hour, start off with Vinnie Vincent. Yeah, got a guy in Pedro here who goes by the name Vinnie Vegas. So maybe okay. related. Paranoid time. Then guys, Black Emperor with uh, Static after that. Big tunes from that man. Paranoid time with Rat Tail Two Thousand. So do you remember the first gig you did in front of people? I do. Uh, it was a basement show. Well. Yeah, for Paranoid Time, it was this basement show. Um, or just Patrick Yank. You mean Paranoid Time was your first proj? Yeah, for, it was my first noise thing. But I was, I did like, uh, I was in like a few um, punk rock bands, you know, like, you know, standard punk rock type bands uh, before that. But for Paranoid Time, it was. Uh, what were you, what was were you working? What were you playing what? in those bands? Uh, I was like vocalist. So I was like front man. Oh, front those. man. All right. Yeah. You know, so that was fun. Um the first, uh, but the first uh, paranoid yeah, time. I'll it, tell you about being a front man. Uh, so all right. The advantages over being in a power trio. Uh, when they're spitting on you, you can block <laughs> with your hands. And That's you, right. Yeah, well, me and D. Boone had to work the fucking basic guitar, so they're spitting right in our mouth. You'd catch it in your mouth. Yeah, 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 right. Okay, go on with the paranoid time. Yeah. So you always hankered after your your position in the band yeah it wasn't bad it wasn't bad the first gig i played with uh the first gig i did as a front man with uh, it was this band called fatty two by four and um we thought it'd be funny to uh i mean it was just just stupid shit we thought it'd be funny to get like out pimento loaf and oh, like yeah. throw throw that out at the crowd as we were playing and then uh i remember uh Climbing up, climbing up, but like just doing just dumb shit, like anything I could think of, you know, like just to like be obnoxious, climbing up on top of the PA and jumping off. And I twist, broke my toe and twist oh, my ankle, just oh. like just acting like a fucking ass. Yeah. Um, but it was fun. It was good times. Um, but that the first paranoid time yeah, gig was, time. was uh, I just had no idea what I wanted to do, really. So I was like, well, I'll get all these boom boxes. And so I got like four boom boxes. Like, I'm going to make like a quadraphonic stereo experience. And so I got these boom boxes, and like put them around in the basement. And then uh, I just had some like tape players and a mic. And I was getting, and I just hit play on everything. So it was just, and then uh, I like ran around the room with the mic, like trying to do like a, like it was just totally unlike anything it eventually, it eventually evolved to be. But, um, uh, uh, it was uh, was it, it different it was, stuff it, on each uh, boombox? Because didn't uh, Flaming Lips? They did some. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That. Flaming Lips did something like that. I can't. I can't say that it was a, a highly original idea. It was. It was like me trying to. Um, I think I was trying to create some sort of like sound experience. It was all different. Yeah, it was all different shit on each boombox. Yeah. But you know, then when you go like put the main stuff through the PA, you can't hear anything on the boomboxes anyway. So it didn't. Right. Man, like I did all this work, <laughs> I did all this planning, and I was like, "This is gonna be, this is gonna blow people's minds, man." And uh, <laughs> it did not. It was just like yeah, me running denied. around with a microphone and the feedback and, and whatnot. So you know, uh, eventually it did, did, didn't really progress much from there in the next fifteen years. So, but, but what was the reaction? Was, do you think the gig was a success? Yeah, it was fun. Like people, I don't know if they're like. Yeah. You know, you can you, uh, you you can. This goes back to like that frontman vibe where you just like you make it you make it work and you interact. Like I, all you have to do a lot of times with the with these uh, underground shows is just interact uh, at least a little bit with the on. Don't act like you're scared. Yeah. And uh, and uh, 
it works. So like, even though it sounded like shit, you know, the way I was like running around and like interacting with people and stuff, like, I don't know, maybe they were laughing at me, but they were doing something. They were, they, they enjoyed it. Uh, it seemed like, and, and uh, I had a good time. So it, it allowed me to keep going and, and like make it better. And uh, <clears throat> between you and the gig goers was in a grand Canyon. And that, that's always <laughs> been a good thing about the movement. I think, I'm not, you know, especially compared to arena rock. I remember, seeing the germs, you know, and they get done playing it, and Pat Smear's standing right next to me. And the dude who's yeah. standing next to me, now he's up there playing. That yeah. was not like arena rock. That was not like David Lee Roth in the surfboard. It was not. No, it's, yeah, it's very much of the people, right? Yeah, like you're, yeah. I mean, you're, the crowd is the show, right? Absolutely. I mean, and, and we all know, like, how many times have we played a gig where the, yeah, the crowd is the other bands. Right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> You gave me dead by dawn. Let's listen.
Something has to be done. And they came from outer space and they landed in the night. And they used their superpowers to gain control. And they came from outer space. And we never seen it coming. We had no time to run away. We could not stop the unstoppable, could not stop the onslaught from happening. And I ran to tell Mary, I ran to tell John, ran to tell Lisa. I ran and ran, ran to tell Jimmy, ran to tell Tom, ran to tell Philip, ran to tell Sam, ran to tell Luke, ran to tell Margaret. We had to do something, and they came from outer space, they landed in the night. They used their superpower to gain control. They came from outer space, and we were running out of time. And we saw them in the sky. We tried our best we could. We could not stop the onslaught. I ran to tell Mary, ran to tell John, ran to tell Lisa. I ran and ran. I did all I could. But I could not stop it. Could not stop the onslaught. They came from outer space. They landed in the night. They used their superpowers to gain control of us, of the world of the earth they came from outer space we tried our best to stop them but how can you stop the unstoppable you can't I couldn't you can't I couldn't I just couldn't
Pedro Show, that Chuck music started off with Paranoid Time doing Dead by Dawn. Then Bombas Prendon, Black, Blue, and White. Chad Fair, I couldn't. Got to share stage with him last week, Denton, Texas. Oh. Broke his guitar. <laughs> yeah. You did? No, I didn't. I was using a guy named Dave's bass. That's a, you know, that's the thing about a Fender, you know. You don't have to travel on the plane. I, did, I really didn't know what the airport was going to be like. I'm so, I'm so glad people were cool and not being assholes. Oh, where but was it? It was Denton, Texas, so we flew into Dallas, Fort Worth, Long Beach. Uh, oh, yeah, there was a uh, there was a festival or something there last week. Right, it was called in- Unhinged. In Unhinged. fact, uh, yeah, Victoria Shen came and joined us on a Stooges tune. She had stylus on each. She had four styluses, each glued to a fingernail, and she had three records, like all laminated together. It was a trip, but the PA oh, man didn't put her in the fucking monitor, so she was miming. What? Yeah, like you, like you did all that preparation at that gig, right? Yeah, shit happens like that. Whoops. I think what you call it, it pilot error, right? Okay, uh, tell me about uh, composing. Do you do you have uh, voice memos? Do you have do you make demos? Do you uh, have a, a collection of uh, idea lyric book? What? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think uh, the way I approach it is I just. Uh, I'm trying to get like sort. I'm trying to get the right amount of source sound. So a lot of times is spent um, experimenting and trying out different ideas for source sound. So like I might record me. I mean, it sounds so dumb, but I mean, this is what this is what a lot of it is, right? Like I record like dragging a rake around the garage, right? Like a drag dragging it on the concrete floor, yeah. and then uh, do that for like a fucking hour, and then uh, and then I can feed that through like you know all the pe- effects pedals and then shit like um so that and, and part of what goes into the the recording style too is like i don't use a multi-tracker i'll just use I'll, I'll record one track and then i'll take that tape and if i'm going to do a multi-track thing i'll take that tape put it in a deck and play that in through one channel of the mixer then record on top of that and then that'll you know then i result with two tracks and i take those two tracks on that one tape and put that again and if i'm going to do a third track and whatnot so like it starts to build up this like I don't know. Layers it up like a, a parfait or some shit. Super saturated, so, yeah, super saturated. Let, let and me get like, this, Patrick. So in a way, your your pieces are a result of the sounds that you find. Like the initial thing is to find a trippy sound, right? What do you call it? A source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then right. The source kind of points the way that the piece is going to go. That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah, and then it's just like, and then it's just like uh, up to the individual, like who's ever making it, like you know. The process I'm talking about, I think, is probably pretty similar for most people. Maybe it's not. Um, but uh, then it's up to, like, that's how do I put it together, right? Then I'll edit I'll edit it on a machine, on a computer, and, uh, you know, EQ it and stuff on there. But all of the initial recording is just done on cassette tape and bouncing it from one track to the next. Um, and you're right. It's like find a cool sound, first of all. And then uh, once you get that, then, 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 then you're off. Yeah, yeah. So... And like, what you just take a look, like in the garage. Hey, there's a rake, the garage floor. I'm starting yeah. to get, getting all Einstein on this shit. Sometimes, sometimes it's even just sometimes it's just dumb. You know, it's dumb chances. Like, oftentimes it'll be like whatever's in your surroundings, right? Right, right, um, right. Well, like, so it, you know what? In a way, that's kind of like. The way I do photography, I I don't set up shots. I just have the camera ready. I call them my gifts, yeah. right? He's <laughs> just, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Just especially a bird or something like that. You can't set that shit up, but you got to no, be ready no. for when the, the thing comes. 
the moment comes. So you got a little more control. Uh, but but at the end of the day, right, people only hear what's getting in their ear holes. So it's like, mm. you know, Frank Morgan in that uh, Wizard of Oz, you know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Right. Right. If you uh, like, do you list stuff like on, on, on the credits? Like, yeah, I played the rake on that gr garage. Track. <laughs> you don't, right? You just give the pieces and the people have to assume. Yeah, no. Yeah. You don't, I don't necessarily describe unless that's part of the idea. Sometimes I'll get stupid and I'll be like, well, you know, the, talk about like all the different I think pieces. The like, machete was pretty good. Yeah. The machete is pretty, <laughs> but you can't miss that. But like, I'll just say something like I played the broken glass or what, you know, whatever, like, um, uh, just like if you want to be just obnoxious it, or obnoxious to like describe it. Right. There's a cat in, uh, Sydney, Australia, Lucas Abella. He plays Lucas Abella. Yeah. He plays a, a broken glass in his mouth. That guy, he's amazing. <laughs> Have you seen that? Have you seen him do that? Uh, uh youtube.com. So we're at the end of the second hour, November 22, 2021. Dish Watt Pedro show. Special guest Patrick Yankee. Hold tight for hour three. <laughs> November 22, 
okay. Pedro Show. Start off the third hour. Paranoid time doing sick tail. And this is the part of an animal, not the spiel kind of thing. Spelled different. That's one English thing. At least they give you some clue. It's a different fucking. But past tense of, of reading and then the color. I mean, why are they. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. Then, you know, yeah, you got to know the context because it's spelled exactly the same way if it's in the past. Okay. Head. Enough belly aching. Sorry, people. Head Boggle. Song of the Islands. And then Paranoid Time. 420 Brother Side A. <laughs> Interesting title. <laughs> We're off air. People are talking about the, the uh, Lucas Abella's incredible uh, uh, pushing boundaries of this thing. And Patrick's actually saw him. And uh, your first release, you were saying something about a label. You got a label. Yeah, I used to. I ran a, a label called Scratch and Sniff Entertainment. Uh, and uh, one of the, the first CD that we put out was by this uh, uh, band called Mechanic or a performer uh, who went by the name Mechanic. And uh, the CD that we pressed uh, was facilitated by Lucas um, through some pr pressing plant in Australia. I did, you, you start talking about Lucas, and I was like, ah, oh, man, yeah, I know him. And uh, it was like 20 years ago that we did that. Yeah, so, when I started doing the Watt from Pedro show. Yeah, at the same time, I was talking to the glass blower. Right, <laughs> right. It is, I mean, it's a, it's a shard, people. This ain't like, it's a shard. It's yeah, a shard, it's so dangerous. it's got edges on it, and he's got it in his mouth in some kind of contact. Mike, or I don't know. It's yeah. really ingenious. It's, and, it's uh, very pro wrestling. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite pro wrestler was uh, Don Morocco. <laughs> the yeah, was, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was I, uh, the guy who came up with the fucking body slam. You know, and I almost had a moment there like the Rocky Python when they asked the motherfucker's favorite color and he gets it wrong. Right? <laughs> Blue, no brown. Ah, yeah. The Morocco, kind of, damn it! Yeah, no, Don Morocco. I'm, I'm Don Morocco. I love that guy, and especially his spiels for the beast. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I like. Uh, too, I was. Uh, I was super into Macho Man. Okay, and the other guy I like was uh, Terry Funk. He's one Terry of the, Funk. The Funk yeah, it doesn't get more real than Terry Funk. Yeah, I mean, it, like the spit tobacco down the chin and on the chest, and yeah. then you you get your ass branded when he beats you. Dude, yeah, oh, you, I, he was like an actual like you were actually in a fight, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Yeah, the, the dude probably flosses with razor wire. Uh, yeah. Look, look. <laughs> speaking of which, paranoid time wired. Let's listen. <laughs>
mindless. Try not to think. Get wide. Let yourself shrink.
Offer Pedro Show. Start off, uh, last music for this edition. Paranoid Time of Wired. I got a congrat on the Segui there. SLWCC Watt, my uh, collab project with Sam Lockward out of Iowa City with Mindless. Made a cassette with like 60 songs. It's like 10 minutes long. <laughs> All these tiny ass songs. He had me do rap and bass. <laughs> um, then, uh, but but really interesting guy's very creative. Uh, draws a lot of comics too. Paranoid huh. time. Finally, pregnant nun side B. So this side huh. A side B. What th- th- these are like whole sides of cassettes or albums? Yeah, yeah. It's just a yeah. It was like so. I didn't have a specific title for it. It was just the B side of that particular tape. Pregnant right. nun. Right, right, right. And uh, so, so how long did the label go? Um, I probably stopped. I think we stopped, wrapped it up about 2010. So it's, uh, you know, like hard to say, like when it started, maybe 99 ish to about 2010. Okay. Yeah. But what about these days? You got a band camp page? Yeah, I do. Yep. Paranoid. You can find paranoid time. I think it's paranoid time HN. Uh, yeah, or you can search it, search Bandcamp, um, or I can send you the link. Uh, I got a, that. I got my stuff up on Spotify. Um, and is all, there you a know, Patrick Yankee website? No, I don't have that anymore. Okay, okay, I used to have one for the, I used to have snsc.net for the label, but the yeah. Label. Just, Tell me about Collabs, because you gave me all Paranoid Time stuff here. Does Paranoid Time ever collaborate? Uh, I've done it a couple times, but uh, I kind of I suck at it because um, I'm just so burly, you know, with what I'm doing. Yeah. Like it just ends up just being a big I just I stomp all over what the other there's no subtle. There's no collab. It's just like all my shit, you know, super loud over what the other guy's trying to do. Right. So it doesn't really work out. But I've done a few things that um I tried it. Let me see if I understand. Like, if I was going to pick a metaphor, it'd be like two linemen facing each other before the hike. Yeah, yeah. Or like, uh, you know, what? what, uh, An artist and a monkey, or something. You know, like, okay. You know, like I'm just like, like I've got like one one mode, right? And then, uh, but you know, in order to like do a proper collaboration, there's got to be like some give and take, and like you guys are. What I what I've what I've come come to understand listening, mm. right? Because you're trying to make a conversation, unless it's yeah. going to be like competing monologues. Maybe that's what you're talking about. That's what I'm kind of doing. Yeah, or maybe you can th- maybe you can relate to like it's or I'm thinking of it like uh, I don't know these days where we're doing like so many Zoom meetings and things like that, like uh, where you got a video of yourself. You told me to shut mine off when we started. I'm so used to doing that, and then when you're doing, you know, like you're just looking at you end up like looking at yourself, like to see what I look like in this, you know, during this conversation. And hardly, that's sort of like what I do with the collabs is like, I'm just listening to what I'm doing and rather than like listening to what we're both doing and trying to like, I don't know. It, so it, you it know does, what? I, I get the notion. There's no problem yeah. with who's going to go first because you just jump on it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You just jump on it and then just, you know, I, I can't hear what I'm doing, so I turn it up louder and to the point where it's just like, hey, dude, this is just your shit coming so, through. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> you know, the main point of us together is you going to try and stop me. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's that's kind of how it ends up going. But you yeah, said you've so. done some. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's fun. Look, don't get me wrong, but uh, it just never really works out in an interesting. It's fun to do. It's not necessarily fun to listen. Well, what to about people. like you're talking about the situation and stuff? 
the kind of collab where you're not going at the same time, but you're trading files. Ah, yeah. That I mean, I'm working on some stuff like that. In fact, I've had I've had some that I'm doing like that that have gone on for years, uh, simply because I don't know if it's in my. It's just not in my wheelhouse. It's not my skill set. I can't like I'm just I don't know. Got a one track mind for this stuff, so it's like if everything is just like go, you know. And I and uh, uh, somebody will give me some source material, and I need to, and I and I've even asked for dudes to do, you know, like guys that I like respect. And I really like their stuff, and we're pals. And I was just like, could you send me some stuff? I'm gonna try to work on. And it just comes out like just me just turning everything up to ten, and like fuck, this doesn't sound good. This sounds like <laughs> it's just static. You don't right? like like people like. Like, I'm not going to let these bananas go to waste. I'm going to make some banana cake. <laughs> and they get more and more dark and dark, and the sugar is <laughs> just coming. That's, it. That's exactly it. Now, you're, yeah. you're, 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 you told me one of your buddies is Brett Goodsight. And uh, yeah. He, yeah. Sent me, he sent me some, I don't know how he made it, but it was drums and uh, some rhythm and electronics and stuff. And uh, I, I just played bass to it right away. I pretend he was in the room, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he'd be a good. So, he'd be, I think he'd be a good collaborator. Well, he was, I sent uh, it back to him, and he says to me, "Man, I was worried because I thought I sent you some real sad stuff, and then I got this big happy." And I said, "Look, if you're doing James Jamerson on bass, it's going to be happy. He's going to be bumping, right?" But yeah. but his notion, he thought he was giving me this old doom thing. I didn't feel that at all. Oh, you did. Yeah, you interpreted it as something different. Yeah. So, I mean, it, what well, I thought I, I thought it was at face value. I didn't know it was full of sadness. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, let me know if it's going to be sad so I know the play. <laughs> no, he told me this after the fake because he was really surprised by my response. So yeah. in, in a way, I think that's kind of an interesting, you know what I mean? It's not just connecting dots. It's actually reacting to stuff that wasn't in the dynamic together before. Well, you guys got musical talent, though. That's the difference. Like, I, you know, like I'm just, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm monkey with a stick, just hitting things, right? <laughs> or looking at those, you're going to make some banana bread. <laughs> make some more banana bread, yeah. <laughs> you know, just got to wait a little longer. The banana thing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. A little it. more ripe, a little more ripe. So, <laughs> Does that monkey have feelings? I don't know. Besides those long-term projects, do you have something coming up right now? Hmm. It doesn't have to be a collab, but just patrick Yank. no i'm I've, I've got this project i'm working on with a couple of pals uh in more of a group setting and i'm working on my uh i'm working on uh not stomping all over them uh, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> it's this band called Air, Air yeah and we get together and we we played a couple of shows we kind of like try to, i think of it like as kind of like the dead sea uh you remember that sure, band? sure, was, sure. Uh, so that's at least what like I'm shooting for, but it all ends up just like eventually being very too loud and, and, uh, trippy and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'm working on that stuff with them, but for, in terms of like paranoid time stuff, I don't really, I've got some things I'm supposed to be working on, but like, uh, it, it comes and goes the inspiration. Uh, but thanks so much for, for being on the show. Big honor, Patrick. Thank you so much. Mike, thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate it. It was, a, it was an honor to talk to you. Okay, right back. People, it's been November 22, 2021 edition. Why, people, should keep your powder dry.